Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, good. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> welcome, welcome to a podcast called yeah. Finding My Yum. Finding My Yum. With Ooh. Jerry. That's you. That's me. And Will. And that's me. That's you. Yeah. Today do, we do, have do, on do, do, Amanda. Amanda Core. Uh, oh, what a divine, lovely lady. We got to talk about, I've been saying how I wanted to talk more about BDSM, and I finally got the opportunity to talk specifically about uh, DDLG relationships, which mm-hmm. is Daddy Dom, Little Girl. Uh, so you'll get to hear all about that and um, how it resonated with her, what what she really enjoyed about it, how it's impacted her life. And, and I think I think it's a, something that we don't talk about a lot, and a lot of visibility isn't put on like specific things within this community and and i just thoroughly enjoyed listening and getting to hear yeah it was an it. acronym that i feel like i've seen but yeah. i didn't really understand like the culture behind or like i mean i guess i don't know if culture is the right word but like the interest behind and like kind of what it means to be either side of that um yeah yeah and it was really interesting to have like that perspective on especially someone that i think she kind of feels like that's something that she's not identified as that label for a long time yeah but like, like she she's like- understands those desires in herself yeah she liked the idea of it before she even knew mm-hmm. that that was like a thing right yeah right which is so interesting um do you know what's interesting actually that we haven't talked about is i was on the dirty girl podcast oh cool um and i did an episode with that which was neat and you know it was funny because it was the first time where it was like me just talking about my experience oh, and so i so got to be on the other side made you feel like yeah yeah and cool. um yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, it's vulnerable to like share a lot. You know, I would what I imagine, mean? especially like because these pe- the people that come in, like Amanda, I've never met her before. Right? Yeah. Just come into a stranger's house and be like, "All right, so let me tell you about." Yeah, sex. I know. So thank you for yeah. trusting me so much and trusting that I am not a crazy person. Um, but yeah, uh, it was just funny to be on the other side and to sort of get a glimpse of um, yeah, what it's like and and also get to. Sh- like really detail back to back the things that I've done or experiences or my journey, sure. you know, cause like here I sort of pepper and, um, communicate a little bit of updates and stuff like that. But yeah, it was like a to totally different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so it's interesting. But yeah, you guys are going to love Amanda. So enjoy. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me ain't got no patience. So let's go. You see me. <laughs> uh, yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. Uh, we have Amanda Core here today. I'm so excited to talk to you. She is a playwright and writer extraordinaire who specializes in relationships and sex and wellness. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. having me. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so as a couple of people that have been coming on, we met through the Sex Positive Universe for Women, yeah. um, which uh, the Facebook group. How did you come to be a part of it? My friend invited me to it. Cool. And I had she was kind of like my um, go to person for all my questions about like sex and yeah. so I would come to her and ask and eventually she's like you should join sex positive women and she invited me to join and it was having like her plus 50 like, but like more so now like a, there's like a like thousand 3, yeah 000, I yeah think. there's so many women in there and from such different backgrounds and it's a very open uh communicative environment it's very safe and it's kind of like having like a group of online sisters to ask all your Seriously. personal questions too or just share 
anything and get support, whether you want like advice or you just want people to be like, you look really pretty and you're doing okay and like life is going to be all right, you oh, know? Oh, so much, especially yeah. in a city like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which can feel so separated. And I think like the dating scene for it here and for anyone maybe in their like 20s, 30s can be a little overwhelming. So to have that yeah. sort of like network of uh, confidence is fabulous. Yeah, and communication that like I'm not the only one going through these insane interactions or having these feelings or having these desires or wanting to try yeah. all this different stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot better than Googling it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, like getting the first-hand accounts of people who've done it or are interested in it too or have mm-hmm. been doing it forever. Um, well, amazing. I'm so excited. Today, we're talking about so many cool things, um, but primarily we're going to focus on BDSM and specifically a DDLG relationship within that. So, um, I'd love to just define what that is and then uh, sort of talk about your journey of even like figuring out what that is and that that was something that you were interested in. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) So DDLG stands for Daddy Dom Little Girl. And people hear that name and I think immediately they are put off because Mm -hmm. the word daddy's in it. Um, But it's not at all like has it doesn't have anything to do with pedophilia or like even like a lolita complex type thing i mean in some cases it might have like a little bit of a lolita thing but for the most part it's just a subsect of bdsm that instead of being um very heavy on like pain and uh like i say like leather and like whips and stuff it's more nurturing Mm -hmm. um which letter does it associate with bondage i don't even know Bondage and sadomasochism. I think just the, because you can get bondaged in a DD or okay. DDLG relationship. It's just probably more with like something pink like ribbon. soft and pink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also, yeah. I also think it's like bondage domination, maybe. Bondage and so domination. the domination okay. part is the D. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. No, yeah. it is. It is. Um, and so it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Okay. So there's like some, um, there's certainly elements of it where there is a person in control and that is the dom and that is the daddy dom and then there's a submissive and that is the little girl Mm -hmm. and that's the LG. And so the sub is, and I should also say that this isn't uh, specific to heterosexual relationships. Right, I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it can be in uh, gay and lesbian and trans communities as well. It definitely is. I have a bunch of gay friends who are super into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just a little bit gentler, I think, in my opinion. Um, there's, like, a lot of respect for the the dom, the daddy, as, like, you would in a regular BDSM relationship. And there's, like, a lot of nurturing that goes back to um, the little. So instead of maybe, like, a punishment being, like, I don't know, extreme whips and change, it's, like, a, like, lighter spanking. And then some people... I. I know some people kind of take it to a level where there's like little space and like there's like age play and like stuffed animals are incorporated and like lollipops and rules and punishments. There's such a spectrum of DDLG too Mm -hmm. that like I am only familiar with like what what my experience has been. Absolutely. But I know just from like researching and talking about it with my friends that there are various colors to this kink and it's not one size fits all. Yeah, absolutely. So... I'd love to hear just a little bit about like your journey um, w- with like relationships and sex and then how you came to even find that this was something that you were interested in. Yeah, I 
Um, I think I have always been like a super sexual person. I mean, I just, even when I was younger, I was like, wanted to know about my friends, like first kisses. And then Mm -hmm. we found out each other's sisters were losing like their virginities. I wanted to like know about it. And, um, this sort of dynamic appealed to me, I think just cause there was like an element of safety in the LG position that I always really liked. And, uh, an element of safety, how? In terms of being taken care of and okay. being cared for. And in, in especially like in a sexual dynamic, I think that can be really comforting and also a little exciting too because like there's still the domination and there's still the bondage. So on one hand, it's a very nurturing environment and like there's a lot of um, love and communication that's like pass back and forth and that speaks to the intimacy of it but then also like you can be like totally surprised because then there's like this dominating aspect to it and so I before I knew what DDLG was I kind of liked those qualities Mm -hmm. in my um, relationships I liked the element of control I liked the um, element of surprise and I also like really liked intimacy I've never like been super into casual sex or anything like that Mm -hmm. because I for me, like there needs to be some degree of um, intellectual and emotional connection. connection. Um, so I, I knew I was interested in elements of DDLG before I knew what it was. And then some of the other things, um, like the more aesthetic elements of D- DDLG, like the stuffed animals and the pink and the lace, like those have just come to me naturally forever. <laughs> I have three stuffed animals. I'm like You have three? I do. And like, I just like them. Like I don't like, even think that that, that's that many. Yeah. I have several uh, stuffed animals too. Yeah, they're like amazing to have. And like yeah. the laundry I always like gravitated toward was like white and pink. And just like I love like cute things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been like a part of my persona. And then my I, I remember talking to this about one of my good girlfriends. And she kind of helped me put a label on it. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I was basically describing what DDLG was to her. And she was like, oh, that's DDLG. And as soon as she helped me like identify that that's that that's that that was, I realized I could start like making that a thing in my own relationships, and I could start like communicating that to my partners and being like, "Wow, like maybe this is something like fun we could do." Yeah. So with the first partner that you explored this with, had were they familiar with it, or were you guys both embarking on it? totally sort of fresh together I'm pretty sure he was familiar with it because I never directly asked because I like didn't necessarily like want to know about all his like ex-partners but I remember us talking about it and I had asked him we were like walking down the street and it was like early in our relationship we had literally like just started dating and I asked him what he thought it was women like wanted sexually just like, mm. I, I tend to ask like personal questions right sure. away. Um, Me too. <laughs> also political questions. And, yeah, you just and like just like the real hot topics. Yeah, it's like <laughs> let's let's you know what yeah, let's, let's get, just it get it out of the way <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's nice. It's like no bullshit environment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he said, I think like girls like to or women like to be um, like taken hold of and like cared for and um, like dominated but then on like the next the next second like totally surprised and I responded saying like oh so kind of like DDLG and he was like oh you know what that is and I was like oh I know what that is (laughs) and at this point I had not had 
like a DDLG experience. I just knew what it was yeah. from conversations with my friends. And I had like dabbled in it and had conversations about it. I was on um, Tinder in Portland. So like mm. a very like kink friendly city. Yeah. So I had had conversations about it with um, other people. But it hadn't been anything I had like regularly implemented into my own my own life. Got it. Uh, just as an interesting side note, there's a new app called hashtag open, which I don't know if you've heard of, but uh, it's a dating app. And what I like about it is that you you basically hashtag all of your interests and then it'll align with people who have the same ones. So you can hashtag like BDSM, DDLG, um, and those people who have those similar interests can come up too. And then there are hard lines and hard no's and boundaries. Um, and so those also align and it, it matches you with people who are similarly uh, interested in the same things. And then the preferences are all over the place. So you can do couples or you can do you know, uh, non-binary, male, male, female, female, just female, non-binary, just as it. It's, so it's super cool. Um, and I just think it's so interesting because, like, yeah, Tinder is amazing and all of these dating apps have opened our world to communication and allowed us to meet people we might never have met. But this gets so specific and very, very clear so that people, before you even start talking, you're like, oh, okay, well, I already know that we've got this in common. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's honestly so true. And I actually met my current partner, my boyfriend, on a dating app. Yeah. And like we met we met on two. We met on Fields, which is similar to Open, but I think it sounds like a little bit more limited. Yeah, Fields is for like couples and for group dynamics, right? There's singles more on so? there too. Oh, yeah, okay. there it's like it's it's pretty I think it's like one of the first in its um fields for like but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um to do something like that um because of like how fresh it like felt to yeah. me and like how new and it like is like a cool it's a cool app for sure like I've met some really um neat people off of there um but it's also like a little bit glitchy and like there are like some uh, like, yeah. like little faults to it but um I'm a big open sounds great I'm a big supporter of fields I'm a big supporter of dating apps yeah. in general for the fact that it can like kind of open your world to experiences and people that you might not have met. Right. And it sounds like something like that is like incredibly honest and helps link people. Yes. Out. And it sort of gets that veil. It releases that need to, I don't know, put up any walls or whatever. Cause you were already, you're on the same page. From yeah. The beginning, I feel like, which is neat. There's like a definitely a dynamic of, of honesty to it. Mm -hmm. I remember some of my girlfriends, um, they were like, kind of going through a time and they like I told them about the app and watched them join it and do it and like watch their worlds just blossom yeah. because they were suddenly going from having like maybe like a mundane experience or maybe experience that was like not very honest to suddenly being with people and being in situations where it was so upfront about what people were looking for yeah. what they needed um why they were there and I think on any sort of like sexual relationship that you em embark upon, there needs to be a lot of communication, especially if you're kind of going into like a kinky world. Yeah, absolutely. So back to the first relationship that you were a part of that was DDLG. So what does that look like? Does that bleed over into like normal dynamics when you're walking around on the street? Is it just relegated or for you? Cause I know that this can vary, but for you, was it like meant to just be in the bedroom? Yeah. I mean, I very much so 
wanted it to like I very much so wanted to keep it um like a strictly bedroom relationship Mm -hmm. um I know some people don't and that's their choice and I think there's a different level of communication that they have in that sort of environment um that being said it can definitely be hard um depending on the people involved for me I tend to like being taken care of and I like having like doors open for me and um just just being adored Mm -hmm. in a a sense um so that's one thing that I've had to to balance and make sure that I'm not being too needy or being too clingy because I definitely consider myself an independent woman and I consider myself very feminist Mm -hmm. and very progressive about what I want femininity to look like and gender identity to look like but a lot of what I was into kind of fell into like what a stereotype might have been right these classic dynamics between like a male and a female yeah Mm -hmm. and then that's sometimes hard to grapple with honestly and um to kind of like find your footing there and then uh in terms of to answer the second part of your question just to keep on the first part what has been that reconciliation like have you come to any like has it has your mindset changed or like has how has it impacted because obviously I don't think that you don't like you can be a strong independent feminist and also enjoy these dynamics because there's so much communication and boundary and you do have a lot of control when you're in these dynamics it's not like you're just going at the whim of somebody else without any, um, uh, like, uh, taking personal responsibility for yourself. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot recently because one of my good friends who I met on Fields, like, funnily enough, yeah. came out with a book um, called Word Slut. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, how our world impacts, how language impacts how we treat women and how we can use language to influence how we treat women Mm. and um, like gender identity and kind of create new rules and um, like change society for the better in a way that's more inclusive of women and various genders. And one of the things she talks about is how we police women's speech Mm. and um, how we tend to criticize women for saying like and saying I'm sorry. And we're basically trying to get them to talk more like men Hmm. as opposed to just letting the way women's dialogue is flourish. And I think about that in terms of sexuality and kinks is that policing a woman's choice is still a way of suppression and oppression. And so when it comes to kink, like if you're into something, as long as like it's consensual between two adults and people are communicating, I think, I think you can kind of do what you want, you know, like, um, and for me that, embracing that and joining sex positive and seeing that I wasn't the only person who I considered like sometimes a pretty radical feminist to be very gung-ho sub as well made me feel like oh wow this is this is cool like I'm part of a movement of women who are actually embracing their sexuality whether that be dom or sub or Mm -hmm. whatever they want yeah yeah I I think it's that's such an interesting point. I haven't thought about that because I, I think about language a lot and I've been focusing a lot on my language and how I use it because, yes, while we're able to, we should be applauded for using whatever we want to use. I'm sorry. And like there is, I think, that underpinning idea that we just 
are supposed to apologize for our even being here. And that this idea that we have autonomy and we're allowed to be here and we're allowed to do whatever kinks we want to. And that doesn't have to denigrate us. That doesn't have to mean that we are less or um, we're diminishing who we are. We're almost like asserting who we are by demanding that we get what we want. Yeah. Yeah. In like yeah. a really big way. I think that's really well put and incredibly powerful. <laughs> I want to like write that down. <laughs> Thank you. I figured out the word. I was trying to find autonomy earlier and I was like circling around it. Um, okay, great. So uh, back to your relationship and like this first dynamic. So I think just in terms of whether it bled out into the to real life or like what it looked like behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I think it did start to bleed out a little bit um, because there is sign of a control aspect from from the daddy dom mm-hmm. and that there were some like controlling elements. And I'm like a very difficult person to control, like when not not sexually. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I just like I'm very free spirited. Um, I have my own agenda and I want to do it. Um, and so that kind of clashed because I think he was he was like looking for something very specific and I couldn't fill that that box and so then I would get frustrated for not being able to fill that box and um, he would get frustrated with me and so when frustration happens in a relationship I think people tend to like increase their their negative behaviors almost like yeah they become heightened yeah Mm -hmm. it's and that that was that was hard it was hard to start to feel like I needed to ask for permission to do things and I don't even know if that was I don't even like want to blame him for that I think that that was me kind of thinking like do I need to like get his thumbs up before I do this because sexually like you kind of do like a lot of a big thing in a DDL relationship or DDLG relationship is asking for permission to orgasm whether or not you're with your partner and like that is and what what does that like, how does that feed you or um, contribute to your pleasure? I, that's a really good question. <laughs> like, thinking about how, I think it, um, it may be the patience element of it and the, like, holding off and having to wait and, like, self-control, but in a way that you are so, it's not, like, self-discipline. It's, like, literally a rule you have to follow. Yeah. And sometimes those rules come with punishments. And I mean, the punishments aren't really punishments. They're like getting right. spanked. <laughs> right, right, right. And they're punishments that you've decided are things that you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of communication, a lot. And um, that was one of the – and we, we did communicate that we thought we were starting to get a little too far because I would say things like, get this, I can't reach it. And it's like, I can fucking reach it. Yeah. I can fucking reach it. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like I had to self-check myself and – Um, just him wanting to like know what I was like doing during like certain parts of the day. And like, there's, it's, it sneaks up on you. It definitely sneaks up on you, especially when you're in a romantic relationship because you kind of want everything to be fine. But I think Mm -hmm. that anybody who has been in a relationship that is no longer healthy can attest that you don't necessarily expect it. Yeah. I think this other thing comes up for me, uh, when I talk about subjects like this too, is that. Yes, unhealthy dynamics, and I've certainly been in those, and then you sort of spiral into these, like, weird things that you never thought that you would be doing or saying or, like, situations that you didn't think that you would be in. But I also think there's something to the effect of, like, this is your first DDLG relationship, and, like, bumping up against 
those boundaries of like, where do I feel comfortable? Where has this gone too far? And now it's not something that's serving me anymore. And that's also useful information while being safe and like not losing any part of yourself or getting into an un- like an unsafe dynamic. But there's also use in like, you're not going to know unless you try, right? And then you bump up against it and you're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I don't like that. And it's something that I don't want to do anymore. Yeah, I think, and that's, I, I sh- should have mentioned this earlier, but it's like one of the more like embarrassing facts about my journey. So the first Please. time, <laughs> the first time, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> I, um, like once I heard what DDLG was, I had like recently moved to Portland and I thought I was moving to Portland for good. Like I had just done this like long road trip and um, was like kind of fed up with Los Angeles. And so I put out a Craigslist like advertising in my oh my god that's amazing <laughs> I put out a Craigslist um I'm what did it say it was like I'm looking for a daddy like pretty much like <laughs> and I had I my friends had <laughs> met her boyfriends that. my friend had met her boyfriend on Craigslist but she had done like a similar thing like kind of put out an advertisement for like a very specific sexual partner on Craigslist and so I'm kind of in a place where like I don't give any fucks like why not and I put out this advertisement. There was no pictures. It was literally just a little bit about me. Very like, um, like it, you could, you would have never been able to tell who I was sure. based off of it. And I wrote down what I wanted and I got no joke, Jerry, like 170 emails. Sure. <laughs> it was of course. insane. <laughs> and they were, they were all just so many different daddies being like, yeah. from like the classy daddy to being like, but like, here's my dick, daddy. And I'm like, okay, sure. nope, delete, delete. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was nuts. And I didn't end up like following through on any of those. Like I talked to this one guy, but he ended up, I think he was a catfish to me. And that kind of turned me off from the whole experience. Sure. And I was like, nope, no more Craigslist for boyfriends. <laughs> There's something really empowering though about like, like detailing what you want and then putting it out there in this sort of really bold and uh, like way that like not normal you know like that people wouldn't usually think about not 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 normal but like just in this different way that is so exciting and interesting yeah yeah and I think like you said empowering and that word really resonated with me because I think for women a lot of the time most of the time our sexual education is very much focused on the man and the male pleasure yeah and like I didn't really orgasm during sexual intercourse until I was like maybe 23, like 24. And I just thought that was okay and like thought it was normal and Mm -hmm. thought like sex was about like the dude's orgasm. Um, So I think that there kind of comes this moment for women that maybe is not as common among men where they realize how much control they can take over their sexuality. And so doing something like that was really me being like, you know what, like this is mine and I'm going to like kind of put my stamp in it. I had had like a really bad breakup two years prior and like got my heart broken. So this was a moment where I was like, you know what, like I'm, I'm kind of taking control. Yeah. I love that. Um, so in terms of how this dynamic affected your day to day, uh, a lot of the, I think, women that I've talked to, I haven't talked to anyone actually about BDSM, but so the women that I've talked to about BDSM, this idea that relinquishing control within a sexual environment has also led to 
more freedom in everyday life of moving through and not having that like really strong hold. Uh, does that resonate with you at all in your experience? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I um, am a very like type A person. I like to get my work done. Um, I've always been incredibly like just strong willed, um, hard work ethic, controlling. Like I'm extremely controlling. And when I was in like fourth and fifth grade, I was in a group called Stress Busters because like they were like, (laughs) (laughs) they were like, Amanda needs to chill. (laughs) And so that's kind of been part of my like lifelong journey is learning to chill. Yep. And too, actually. I've just been a ball of stress as well. I wish I had a stress I wish I had a stress buster group now. Right. Yeah. Would be like the the name of our memoir is learning to yeah. chill. Stress stress busting. Chill out. Um, I mean it's hard. It's hard like I think maybe it's a societal thing. I think maybe it's just like a, a who we are type of thing. Yeah. But it's um it's kind of overwhelming to be told like you're going to seize your own destiny and be happy and follow your heart, follow your passion. And so you and like, I know I am like born into this life of privilege where I have a lot yeah. of like tools at my disposal and um, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity that I have and it's amazing and it can be overwhelming yeah. too. And so I, um, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard somebody say that before, but I, 100% resonate with that. Not that I'm not grateful for all the things that I have, but I almost feel like it's a thing where you have so many choices. Mm. Thank goodness and thank you so much, but it's like, holy crap. Oh, I, I, what do I do? I choose the right one. Am I doing the right thing? Is this going to lead to the thing that I want? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's like, that's a form of perfectionism too. Yeah. It's like, it's perfectionism over your life. And, um, for me, I think one of the, the biggest things about BDSM and DDLG is that I felt like I could relinquish control in a very safe environment. And like for me, that's one of the ultimate like turn ons to be with a partner is to be with somebody who is able to to take care of me in that moment. And I think mm-hmm. that in my experience talking to like those with dominating qualities, they have their reasons for for liking it as well and for wanting to take control and at the end of the day I think that's what like powerful meaningful sex is where it's like not just about like physical pleasure but it's like about really like letting yourself enter a space where you feel intimately okay and good and like able to let go yeah I think it plays on this idea that's been coming up a lot too about like sex doesn't have to be a linear journey Mm. and that we're told overwhelmingly that it is especially in heterosexual you know partnership that it's heading towards male ejaculation or at least that was my understanding was like that's the climax that's the end Mm -hmm. um and that everything's sort of leaning towards that instead of this can be a really like cathartic healing um multifaceted experience that can be rejuvenating in a lot of different ways Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like BD or I think DDLG is like honestly a very safe way for women or men or whoever who want to investigate a BDSM relationship, but maybe they're like intimidated by like like the leather and the whips. And like I've been to like I've been to like a stock room, which is a stack store, and they have like the like full like like masks and everything. And some people that's like they're yum and that's amazing for them for me it's a little intimidating Mm -hmm. and so like 
DDLG is a very like safe and playful way to explore BDSM um, without having to maybe like go all the go all the way right away. Um, sure. Dipping your toes in the kiddie pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, I think I'd love more information on sort of the dynamics that you've played out because we have. We've talked a little bit about it, but so when you get into these interactions, do you actually write out these rules or are they just understood between both partners or is there like almost like a, I don't know, like a, like a Bible, like a, <laughs> a thing the to reference. The Bible. Bible. <laughs> um, it wouldn't surprise me if that existed somewhere. <laughs> um, there is not one set of rules, though. I think but it's... I mean, uh, like, one that you guys oh, decide like between upon the and, couples? like, actually, like, write down. Um, no, I've never written that down. I've had friends do it before. They've, like, written contracts, which, like, oh, okay. sounds, like, super sexy to me, like, for a different reason. Um, uh, it actually sounds really sexy to me, too. Yeah. I love planning and, like, structure. <laughs> it's, like, so... it's, like, our type A coming yeah. out. Like, yes, like, let's get the Google Doc yeah. out. Like, Anytime I've had, like, a threesome or, like, any sort of group dynamic, we've planned it super far in advance, and I have a time and a date and a place, and I'm, like, yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> that's so, that's, like, such an interesting, like, development yeah. for you too like in the kink atmosphere you're like using your your like type a-ness yeah. to like so orchestrate like, your sexual I can adventures. look forward to it and like it's set nothing it's not gonna change mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't That's have to worry about that reliability yeah. reliability yeah. there's something really sexy about reliability um yeah okay so your question communication um it's very much so been a like learn like for me it's been as like a very much like learn as we go okay like we've kind of talked about our our like boundaries I guess um like casually and like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast I like ask big questions right away so I kind of like right I like to know about like people's desires and what they what their past is um with my with my current partner um who is absolutely amazing mm -hmm. and has kind of like shifted my perspective on like sexuality completely um we we kind of got into it right away because I think I told you like we connected on field and then met on hinge so that was like interesting because mm. we were like oh like you're like kind of a freak but you're also yeah, you're like you're serious. looking in the in like a, a more traditional outlet yeah exactly yeah. exactly so I was like okay like let's see how this goes um and we've been very communicative about like what it is we want and kind of what our boundaries are are it took us like like oh my gosh forever to pick a safe word we agreed upon <laughs> like we were just, like that was like actually kind of adorable we were like no I like this word better I like this <laughs> word better um but it's it's been very much depending on I think the kind of dynamic you you and your partner have and um if something does kind of like go too far like I'm very quick to kind of be like here like here are my limits right and like the same with him um and I think that that level of communication is necessary in any sort of a relationship, but especially, especially in this one, it, there's a, there's a lot of respect right. and a lot of, um, safety. And at the same time, like being a sub, I think doesn't necessarily, like you have a lot of power as a sub too. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of space to kind of set those boundaries because as the submissive vulnerable one, it's up to you to communicate like your threshold. Right. Which is very empowering. Yeah. And then just in terms of painting like a picture of what it looks like 
there are like narratives that you play out that have consequences based on certain behaviors um, or like, you know, the, the outfits that you were talking about. Yeah. So I'm still like still getting into that. Like I'm okay. like investigating that. But like there are kind of like rules that like like say you have to like keep touching yourself. Like you have to keep oh, playing okay. with yourself. And if you stop, like you get a spanking. Got it. Type of thing, which is fun. Cause yeah. like there's um there's a run the jewels song called love again, where one of the lines is like pleasure is punished or like pleasure is punishment. Like mm-hmm. your threshold is astonishing. And <laughs> I like relate to that so much. Cause there is like, a, there's excitement in the punishments. Um, or, like, deprivation is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Having to wait. Like, um, one of the other things that I've been doing with my partner is, like, massage. Mm. And so, like, that requires a lot of patience. So, like, if, like, I'm getting massaged, then, like, I, I'm, like, in a, in a new form of vulnerability. Mm. Vulner- like, I, like, literally cannot do much at all because, sure. like, I'm, like, in such a supreme state of relaxation. Um, and that's, like, a way of him d- dominating me in the sense that, like, you have to wait like in order to like have these things. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of outfits, that is like very much a, all over um, the spectrum as well, because some, I think some people choose to wear like, like very stereotypical lingerie, just in colors of like white and like with like pink little bows and like pink little thigh highs. Um, and then others like wear like kind of like more like little girl, like, style like underwears and t-shirts and Mm. like like socks and things like that again like not anything like near pedophilia but but it's like it's like like, returning to a safe space and I think that falls more into like Mm. the age play category of DDLG where you're returning to a space um where maybe like a person experienced some sort of sexual trauma and they're like kind of relearning to uh enjoy their sexuality from that like mental age Mm. I'm not I'm not super familiar with that area I just know it's a thing um yeah I mean it plays a lot on the somatic idea of healing where you really target the point of trespass on the body and you can play with that time period too and if it's in a safe controlled environment um it can be really cathartic and healing if there are boundaries and communication for sure. So much communication. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Like that's really, that's like really helpful mm-hmm. for those of us who maybe like need to embark on our sexuality in a little bit more of a sensitive way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. still with like a very like caregiving, nurturing person. Yeah. Um, and I think you can also bring DDLG into like the public sphere a little bit. I know we talked about like this, like bleeding over and everything like that, but I have talked to my friends about like, like lollipops, you know, the type of thing or like calling your partner daddy in public. And I mean, like a lot of people do that. Yeah. Like musicians do it all the time. And I think that's another kind of fun way to play with, the dynamic Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I totally answered your question I'm trying to like cover like the details of it pretty yeah yeah (laughs) I just wanted to paint a picture because I think a lot of times or specifically even with me when I hear BDSM or DDLG I have these like very specific images that come in my mind that are sort of crazy like very far on the spectrum that look insane and I think that 
those exist, but I think that there's also a spectrum and, and talking specifically about this, about the different, like you can do age play or it can just be frilly and pretty and girly and sort of this like classic idea of femininity and this classic, classic idea of like what a daddy dom would look like and whatever they can wear. Um, so I just sort of wanted to paint a little bit more of a picture so that, I don't know, there's more visibility for this, the wide array of availability out there. Um, I'm very happy to make that picture for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's there's an article too, honestly, called I think it's um if you Google Sex with Emily and DDLG, she writes a really or she is a writer who writes a really good article kind of explaining what it, it like one oh one, um DDLG one oh one for for folks and letting humans know that it's not pedophilia, it's not weird. It can actually be like really fun and like like really fun if you handle it gracefully and yeah. with communication. Amazing. Well, you've been a treat. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Where can people find your work and your writing? So if they go to my website, it's amandacore.com. K-O-H-R. And Amanda's spelled like how how it is. (laughs) Um, And then my Instagram, I post a lot of my writings up there. And that's at Cozy Caravan. Cozy like a blanket caravan like a car okay so cozy car (laughs) amazing well you've been a delight and uh i feel like i've learned a lot so thank you for sharing so openly and vulnerably thank you for asking such good questions and creating such a safe space i'm really happy to communicate this with your listeners yay okay yeah oh boy oh boy oh boy that was fun it was fun and i have to admit something <laughs> what do you have to admit? so uh amanda talked about this ddlg 101 article and yeah. i was like oh that'd be great to put in the which show which is notes. in the show notes yes yeah, yes and uh so i was like i need to text that to myself while we're <laughs> while we're on air so i don't forget and so like i'm texting it but trying not to be rude so i'm putting my phone number in to because i don't have myself saved which is kind of funny that you don't because yeah. I definitely do. I should. I just yeah. don't. Um, and so I am typing my phone number in and I get one digit wrong. Um, <laughs> instead of a six, I put a five. And so like I text DDLG 101 for Amanda's episode. <laughs> That's the phrase. And then and then like, I don't know, a couple minutes later, I get a text back that's just like question marks. And I was like, oh, uh, sorry. Have a nice Sunday. <laughs> Myth it for me. We're only one digit off. In my perfect world, like you've just rocked somebody's Someone is life. Like, like, and like, uh, let me Google yeah, that. Like now their whole trajectory of their world has been exploded. My <laughs> my fear is always that it's like someone that's under 18. Oh, and God. now I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, either way, a person, if you happen to listen to this podcast, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you, Amanda. You were delightful and we just had such a good time. As usual, please um, subscribe, review us on wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us as five stars, nothing less, and um, follow us on social media. Finding My Yum podcast on Instagram and Facebook yeah. um, or email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com. Um, and just like, you know, be cool people. But just like, be chill. Yeah. Like we talk about with Amanda, chill out. Till next time. Bye.